0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome to Parsha's Ekev as we explore Sefer Tvarim with the Vilni Gaon's commentary, Illuminating Our Way. Pasek starts off in the Parsha of Ekev Tishmon, It will be when you listen to the Laws of the Torah, then Hashem will give you good things. Perak Zion, Pasek, Gebez, as the Torah enumerates. So the Gros says, a uh, very interesting Ha'ara that ties in Parshas V'eschanan to Parshas Akev. We know that the Torah is sequential. If you look at the end of Parshas V'eschanan, it talks about Hashem being honest, and Shomar Habris, he watches the uh, commitments that he makes, and he pays uh, reward, the Pasik says, um, for a thousand generations. So what's the pshat that Hashem delays for that long? And also what's the pshat over here that we start off So the Gra explains uh, one of the many pshatim of that there's no reward of mitzvos in this world is that, that sometimes the Rebun Shalom pays back your mitzvahs to your descendants. Now if you might say, well that's not fair, I'd rather get paid back myself. So first of all, the um, there's an expression, and I know that it's said by environmentalists and you might not like it, but it's an interesting expression. And that is that we don't um, inherit the land from our ancestors, rather we watch it for our future generations. Now, whether or not you're environmentalist and whether that uh, jives with your Torah views is not my interest here. However, the idea in a spiritual way is certainly very true as well. If you think about it, you know, one of the greatest Rewards that a person could get is to know that his children and grandchildren will be okay And for example, even Avraham when he was promised great things <clears throat> Hashem talked about his descendants and the um, The the promises that your descendants will get the Torah and they'll be great people And I'll take care of them was the most important thing for Avraham and the biggest uh, painful event for Avraham was to hear that they'll be slaves. And in fact, the 400 years of servitude start from that time period because just the fact that Avraham heard that his descendants would have pain greatly pained him. So if we think about it, we really care about our children, our grandchildren, our future generations. So Hashem pays back reward for them. Now, if you say to yourself, well, look, my grandfather was a big tzaddik, my father was a tzaddik, so I'm fine, I'm good, I'll just get their reward, who cares about my life? So, so that's, that, that, meaning the last pusik in Parsha and you might say to yourself, okay, so Elif Dar Hashem pays things down for generations, but the pusik of Akev of, of puts it all in perspective, says the grow, Vahaya Ekev Tishmon, Hashem says, wait a minute, it's only if you follow the Torah, then I'm going to take care of you. But if you have an attitude that uh, it's not my responsibility and I don't care, then Hashem says, I could skip your generation too. So a person should know that the Rebbe Hashem, yes, he pays things for future generations, but you have to do something in order to deserve it. Now, you might ask, and the Chobos always asks this in Charlie Tachon, that, well, what does that mean? Because sometimes there's Rashaim, and sometimes they don't get what they want. This is not a, a sheer Koli trying to explain every different facet of how Hashem works and when he decides and what the formulas are because we don't know what they are, quite frankly, although we have general guidelines like the Chobos of us there gives a couple and other uh, Rishonim and Achronim, of course, talk about it at length, about Hashkacha and, and Tzadik etc. et cetera. But what, what, what is being said here is that a person, yes, we should be aware that the Rebun will reward our future generations. However, you also have to be aware that your behavior and your action not only is uh, bequeathing a great, future for your children and grandchildren, but it's also just determining whether Hashem will bestow good things upon you as well, and that's a really important thing to talk about. Let's move on to Perek Ches, Pasuk Yud, a couple of very interesting about food. V'achalta v'savata, you should eat and be satisfied. And we know that this is the source for B'erchus HaMazon, that you should bench and thank Hashem. Now, the Mishnah and Avos, Perek Vav, says, this is the way to acquire Torah, Pas you should eat bread with dipped in salt, umayim b'mesura and water b'mesura, which we don't know exactly what that means, but it means, let's translate it for now. The Gra will explain it, but it means a drop of water you should drink. Right, Then the mission continues obviously, and sleep on the ground, and you should learn Torah. That's that's the way to acquire Torah. So if you think about it, says the Gra, and it's a very interesting Ara. By pas mal tochal, when it comes to the bread, there's no limit to how much bread you can eat. Unlimited bread. Think about it. By the bread, there's a limit, but by the liquid, there, I'm sorry, by the bread, there's no limit whatsoever, but by the liquid, there is a limit. What does that mean? Now, obviously, none of us live this way. Even the Vilna children testified against, about their father, but that, you know, he only slept for uh, four 30-minute periods a day, and he only ate literally, you know, a little bit of bread, a of bread. Apparently, he, he was machmer, and um, only so he could bench, and um, you might ask why he didn't eat a kibetza. Anyway, this, this is not the time, place to talk about it, and, and a little bit of water, but in the actual framework of the Mishnah, there's no limit. And says the, that's based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, You should eat bread, because it's referring to food, and be sa- satisfied. So there's no limit to how much bread a person could eat. Now, of course, there's a nutritional, chiyuvim. take care of yourself, and we're not discussing that right now. However, this is very fascinating. But the Mishnah is drawing off of, of this Pasuk. And so therefore, when it comes to, to bread, there's no limit. But when it comes to water, there was a limit that was put on. Now, the grå actually, in other places, explains um, what this, how much a masura is, and um, in Miguel Sester it's explained, and we'll talk about why we're in Miguel Sester in a minute, that it's one thirty-sixth of a lug, okay? Anyway, so, that's what the gro says, I'll be Derek Remes in Miguel Sester, but let's go, we'll come back to that in a second. Now remember, the gru explains that it's not about, only eating bread and not eating other things. The point of the Mishnah is just to say that a person should eat to satiate himself and not to be a glutton. That's, that's the point. And the girl himself explains that. that, that, that that's, that's the point. It's talking about just limiting his, his physical pleasures of what he does to pleasure himself versus uh, what he does to nurture himself because the main thing of life is Torah. And uh, Marba buser Marba Rima, the more fat, the more worms. Okay so the Pasach in Miguel Esther says Kadas, the drink the drinking was like the law so what does the law mean so the Gra says very fascinating thing that it means Shall torah it means the law the, the gemara says Shel torah like the law of torah so the Gra actually brings down two pshatim about what this means one of them has to do with a mincha which we're not going to discuss today maybe we'll save that for me, next Miguel Eszter or something Ayin chum but the other pshat is exactly this point that that what does that mean that um, just like says the gra, what it's trying to tell you is there was such an abundance of food, it was a ridiculous amount that the the uh, food Kedash al Torah, the law of Torah, is that when you eat, it's pasu so You can eat as much bread, food is unlimited, but but the, but the liquid that you intake is is very limited. Now, wait, what does that mean? Does that mean that at the party the food was limited? and that the uh, the drinking was limited, that doesn't make any sense. No, so it says the girl, what it's saying is that if you think there was a lot of uh, wine and liquid, that doesn't even compare to the amount of food they had. That the person is trying to tell you that there was such gluttony going on there that the unlimited amount of liquid was considered limited in compared to how much food there was. But again, like the measure says, that when the Jews were offered the... Uh, Pleasures of ulam haba. They said, "Oh, we already enjoyed ourselves in in party." Now, what does that mean? So, it's a, it's a it's a medir What does that mean? The pshat is that that when a person is in the height of an avera and their desires are getting the most of them, they're willing to give up everything. They're willing to give up the ulam haba. They're willing to nothing else matters because they say, "Oh, I I want my pleasures." And so, that's the pshat. The pshat is that that when a person becomes a baltaiva and just gives in to everything and just wants to take and take and take, then even when he's offered the greatest pleasures that are more significant and matter, but his, his, his taste buds and his desires are so off that he just writes it off and says, ah, eh, who cares? I don't need it. I don't need olam haba. I don't need that pleasure. I, I just, just give me this, this, this thing. And that's why it says by Yosef at that when he was about to sin with Ashes Potifar that he didn't listen to her, right? Leos etzla olam haba. They didn't want to be with her in Olam Hapa. So the simple understanding that everyone reads that, Medrash, is that what it means is that he recognized that if he would sin with her, he would be in hell with her, he'd be punished with her. But I think there's something deeper going on. I think what it's saying is that he was saying that, no, I'm not going to write it off. I'm not going to write off my Olam Hapa just for this Avera. I'm going to get a grip of myself and control myself, and I'm going to say this is not a worthwhile endeavor for me that would, uh, that would ca- I know that if I pursue this, it would cause me to write off my olam hampa because that's what people do when they get stuck. And so again, when we think about all these things, that Grah is trying to teach us a uh, phenomenal perspective about how to look at life and how to enjoy life in a healthy way and connect to Hashem. There's a very famous um, grow on Virchus Amazon, which I'll just mention very briefly because La Fla says the same thing and a number of other people do as well, and it's a fascinating thing. But it says that there's a kal v'chomer. The like, Gemara in Bava in, in uh, seems to have a contradiction. In one place it says that when you are um, full, yeah, if you have to make a bracha. So uh, when you're full and you and you uh, ate a whole meal, you have to bench, right? We know that's del Reisa. So certainly when you're hungry, certainly you should have to make a bracha beforehand and ask and and and, and make a bracha before you eat a hamotzi, a shahakal, etc. But yet. It's very odd, because the Gemara uses the exact opposite logic by Berkha Satora. The Gemara says that um, we know that you have to make a, ber- a bracha before you learn, uh, uh, that, that that that's before you learn. So certainly, after you learn, you have to make a bracha. So, I don't get it. Is it more logical to make a bracha before or after? So the Gros says a famous vart, which is when it comes to food. So a, a person uh, is hungry, he wants to eat, and that's when his biggest desire is, because he's so excited to eat. But once a person eats, eh, I'm full. wasn't that Wasn't that good? Was it worth the calories? Was it worth being a glutton, stuffing myself? So if Hashem says, "I want you to bench," and that's after you ate, where it's not even as pleasurable, because the meal's already over. So and and now it's eh, it's always disappointing. because It's only olam It's only physical. So, so certainly before you eat. When you're when you're actually excited about it, and, and, and in your mind you're thinking about this desire to eat, certainly you have to make a bracha then. But when it comes to Torah, it's the opposite. Hashem says we have to make a briches Torah. We have to bench. We have to we have to make a bracha before we eat. Uh, I'm sorry. Hashem says we have to make a bracha before we before we learn Torah. That's briches Torah. So that's before you even had the pleasure, before you even enjoyed it. But when a person learns he wants more and more, he realizes how great it is, and he only wants more, and he realizes how, how enjoyable it is. Certainly there you have to make a bracha. So it's a perspective. What are we talking about? Are we talking about food, or are we talking about spiritual things? Another thing is in Perik, Taz Pasach uh, of Zayin, Zachar, Laav, it's like Ram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, al and al Amazeh, Bel-Risho, bel So Hashem listens to Moshe's prayer to save the Jewish people. And there's a famous grah, that, uh, very interesting Ramazim here, the Grab points out that it is specifically in the Merit of the Avos that these three Averas mentioned in the Pasuk itself get forgiven. Now what are they? If you have Rachok, distance from Hashem, Resh, Ches, Kuf, Risho, because of your evilness, Chataso, your sins, and k'shi, your stubbornness, so that's your that's who's far from Hashem, someone who's a Rasha, Chote, and Kishoreth. fascinating, just in that in itself. That's where distance to, from Hashem is. And there's a chutz of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov will be Why? Because Avraham is mechaper on the Risho, on your Rishos. Why? Because he's of all chesed. And so, he will be mechaper through his kindness. That helps purify us. Yitzhak is din, and so he's mechaper on chit, on actual sins that you do. And Yaakov is rachamim, he's mechaper on koshi, on stubbornness. Koshi on stubbornness. And that's why it says um, that that um, the the were arranged um, in this order, which we're not going to go into. But the um, the osios of aleph yud yud bays Tzadi ayin reish Chaf, ches kuf and mem kuf bays. Those are the letters on, on the, the golem, which is a whole different for a whole different time. But that spells out Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. If you if you move the letters, if you go through them. But um, the, um, the letters Erev, Boker, and Sarayim, which is based, there's a Pasuk, by the way, that says Erev, Boker, Sarayim, Asichav, uh, Hema, I'll sing to Hashem. So the, um, the letters of Erev, Boker, and Sarayim have very great significance. The Erev is the Ion of Yaakov. The Bez is the base of Avraham. And the tsadi is the tzaharayim for uh, for the evening, for that for uh, afternoon, is the prayer of Yitzhak was Masakin, And finally, which is very, very fascinating, but also it cor- corresponds to the three kadushos, which is kadosh, baruch, and yimloch. So kadosh is a kuf, which is Yaakov, baruch is avraham, kadosh, baruch, and yimloch. The kuf, bays, and mem again ties back into avraham, yitzhak, and Yaakov. Very fascinating. Ayin Shampaninu Mishulchan Agra, page 322. Fascinating ideas of the Gra. I think there's something very, very deep there. And finally, a, a vart from the Mila Satora, which is of Avram, the brother of the Gra. And one of the things that I always love about the Mila Satora, aside from the beautiful ideas in this birish, um, and this might be, is that he's quoting from the Gra, and sometimes he's quoting from um, his own, himself, but you see the Family that the Grug grew up in, where Torah was so beloved and cherished. Amazing. So, the Gemara in Baba Bosters is a fascinating thing that the Berosh Kol Marin Anadam, the start of all bad things, the head of all bad things is blood, and Berosh Kol Aswan, the start of all healing, Anachemar, is wine. Now, I don't want anybody to take that one out of context. Okay? So, the Gruz brother says, and again, this is a beautiful shot, and the house that the Vilna grew up in, that Taiva is what causes Averis. So, if a Dam, when your blood boils, that's your nefesh, that's your desires. And that's what it means, that all bad things spiritually happen when your desires, blood, take over, and you get hot-headed and do things. But what's the cure? Wine. What does that mean? That's Ein Yain Eletorah. That represents Torah. That your passion for Torah could outdo, could douse that fire of desire. That's what life is all about. And the last thing the Gemara says, in the place where there's no wine, so, there you at least need spices. What does that mean? Says the Graz brother, again, if you're not a Baal Torah, so you need to work on your Midos. But if you're a Baal Torah, then, the way to work on your mitos is not to torture yourself, but rather to learn Torah and Yuroshemaim. Because everything's in Torah. And as you work on yourself, that will help develop who you are. And in fact, the gra in Agatos and Brachos Nunzain says this exact thing. This is his shot. So obviously, this was something that was in the Vilnagon family. So and 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 of course spices always referred to mitos Anyway, so what do we see? We see that. Torah is the greatest cure for everything, and Torah develops our Midos as well. We should all be Zoka to live a life filled with Torah and Yerushalayim. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content, and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.